Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Finsider Daily right here on the Finsider, part of the SB Nation Network. On today's episode, I break down the Miami Dolphins' 31-21 loss to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. What went good, what went bad, and what can we expect from the Miami Dolphins moving forward? We also break down the 2020 quarterback class and take a look around the NFL. All of this and more on today's episode of Finsider Daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the October 22nd edition of Finsider Daily. I am your host, Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And as you know, the Miami Dolphins are 0-6. They lost once again this past weekend to their division rivals, the Buffalo Bills, but it was not for nothing. You know, the Miami Dolphins went out there. They played pretty darn well, and it was a pretty good overall performance by a team that many counted out before the game even started. We are going to get into that game in detail, but first let's take a look at last night's Monday night football game. I'm laughing because it's kind of twofold here. I mean, the New England Patriots are 7-0. They went out there and defeated the New York Jets 33-0. But for a team like the New York Jets, who went out of their way to pluck Adam Gase immediately after he was fired by the Miami Dolphins, Everyone thought he was going to be a quarterback whisperer there. He was going to turn the team around with lots of big free agent signings. He was the quarterback whisperer. He was once referred to as the young Don Shula. I kind of think maybe Stephen Ross meant to say a young Joe Philbin because he reminds you a lot of Joe Philbin, a guy that's just completely clueless. But at the end of the day, Sam Darnold, 11 of 32, 86 yards and four interceptions. I'm not going to get too much into detail, but if you're like me and you play fantasy football, hopefully you did not start Sam Darnold in your fantasy football leagues. I have some friends that did, and he finished with negative six points. So again, the New York Jets lost to the New England Patriots, 33-0. The Jets are now 1-5. The Patriots are 7-0, so it's a little bit of a bittersweet, but someone had to lose, and why not let it be Adam Gase? Because let's be honest, they never stood a chance. With that said, let's shift our focus to the Miami Dolphins' Week 7 matchup against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. The Miami Dolphins went to this game 17-point underdogs. 
They actually made a game of this. They lost by 10 points, losing 31-21. to It was a pretty good game. The Miami Dolphins looked to be going up late in the second quarter. They were getting ready to score, uh, you know, to kind of put that game was seemingly away, and it just did not work out as they expected. You look through the stats, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 23-35, 282 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Albert Wilson apparently attempted a pass. He did not throw it, but it was the first play of the game. The Dolphins tried to do some trickery. Albert Wilson decided to fall on the sword and, you know, made, got a huge loss there. But at the end of the day, it was an overall pretty good performance. Mark Walton remains the running back one here in Miami. 14 carries, 66 yards. Mark Walton paid, played 38 of the snaps. That was 52%. Kenyon Drake had 30. And Kalen Balazs had 5. He did have a touchdown. But Kalen Balazs is falling further and further down the pecking order. And obviously a lot could change if Kenyon Drake does get traded by the trade deadline, which a lot of people kind of foresee. We know the Detroit Lions have an injury there with Carrion Johnson. We know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still struggling to find a running back there. Yes, they have Ronald Jones. But overall, it's been, you know, the, both of those teams could really use a guy like Kenyon Drake. We move down the list here. We look at the receivers. Preston Williams, six catches, 82 yards. Devontae Parker scored his third touchdown in as many games. Five receptions, 55 yards. Mike Jasicki caught four of four targets for 41 yards. And if you were as impressed by him as I was, I mean, I'm going to do a cut-up later in the week. But let's be honest, Mike Jasicki has completely transformed over the last few weeks. Had some key, key third-down receptions. And again, the Miami Dolphins just continued to battle. It was a, something... That was very unexpected, and, you know, whether you're pro-tank, whether you're against tanking, it was a very good performance. It was a game you can go out there and get excited about. We know Matt Hawk had a very nice um, two-yard gain down there at the goal line. That was the, the drive that did not result into a touchdown, as it should have. I believe they scored, maybe got called back by a holding penalty, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a very costly interception. He would tell you that was kind of the turning point there. The Buffalo Bills went down the field, scored a touchdown, and from there on out, things just did not work out. Preston Williams had a crucial fumble in his own end zone or in his own territory. And, you know, things just started to unwind in the second half. But, again, a very good performance by the Miami Dolphins. You look at him defensively, some of the snaps. Jerome Baker played 100% of the snaps. Eric Rowe, 100%. Bobby McCain, 100%. We all know what he's getting into right now. I believe a Bills fan kind of filmed him. You know, it looked like he was kidding that he was going to spit on a fan, but at the end of the day, you can't joke about that. It was a 13-year-old boy. Uh, I don't think any spit was actually, you know, directed towards those fans, but they were sitting there trying to bait the players in. You know, Brian Flores took things, took matters into his own hands and ended up suspending uh, Bobby McCain internally. So we'll see how that shapes up throughout the week. We know Taco Charlton, a guy that just came to the team, you know, a few weeks ago, Already seeing 55 snaps, 98% of the team's defensive snaps. He had another sack that is three on the season. If you're keeping track at home, Charles Harris has three in three years. So Taco Charlton has been a breath of fresh air. Another breath of fresh air on that defense is Vince Beagle. And he seemed like a throw-in in the Kiko Alonso trade with the New Orleans Saints. The guy has been playing out of his mind. I'm also going to try to cut up on him this week because a lot of the Dolphins' pressures are coming from that position, coming from Vince Beagle. And again, for a guy that, you know, was kind of an unknown, a lot of people didn't really know what to expect when he was thrown into that trade. I'm I'm fine with trading him for Kiko Alonso and then getting the draft pick in Beagle, along with some more of those young players. 
But overall, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick had everyone playing with some spark. You know, the entire team looked good. Ryan Fitzpatrick carried the team, put the team on his back at times. He had a very nice run for a touchdown late in the game. Went head-to-head head head with a defender. I mean, it was something that you just love to see coming out of a quarterback, a 36-year-old quarterback. But I, I, I got to be honest, I was a guy that was very fond of Josh Rosen. I thought the world of him. The guy's still 22 years old. So to sit here and say the verdict's out on him would be, you know, would be ignorant and would be injustice to say the least. But at the end of the day, this team looks night and day with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it was definitely nice to see the Dolphins go out there have a pretty good game, tie things together throughout, see some of these young players start to develop, but they still lost. So again, if you're tanking, if you're part of that uh, fan base, and I do believe that I am one of them, Dolphins are now 0-6. They have everything kind of going their way. The Cincinnati Bengals are terrible. As we said, the Jets are terrible. Lots of teams are still jockeying for that top spot, so the Dolphins are not assured a Tua Tungavailoa, a Joe Burrow, and that's kind of where we shift our focus now. Everyone saw Tua Tungavailoa go down Saturday night. Dolphins' entire fan base kind of, you know, <gasps> inhaled, exhaled, whatever the heck it is. You know, you, you just felt a sigh of, oh man, a punch in the gut. The Dolphins are doing Dolphin things, and they don't even have the guy yet, you know. It's a guy that a lot of people want to tank for. You see him go down with that injury. The first thing you're expecting is the absolute worst. You know, he goes out. He's out the rest of the year. He decides to come back his senior season. The Dolphins end up, you know, having to draft one of these other guys. But again, Tua Tungavailoa is not the, the hear-all, say-all. And I did have an article I posted uh, yesterday yesterday morning. I mean, it did pretty well as far as views. I think it got over 5,000 views. So thank you guys for enjoying the content that I do put out. But it was kind of, you know, a dumb kind of quirky little article. I had a bunch of different hashtags. We had the the tank for Tua, the blow for Burrow, the suck for the duck with Justin Herbert, the lose for love, the fail for from. I mean, there's lots of options in this draft. The thing is, there's the Tua Tungavailoas. Then there's probably the Joe Burrow, which is just starting to skyrocket up a lot of people's draft boards. You see mock drafts now, and you can put as much stock into these mock drafts as you want. But these mock drafts are starting to have Joe Burrow's name come to the top. You know, he's starting to get picked first or second or, or somewhere in there. Tankathon just released their latest mock draft, and they have the Dolphins taking Joe Burrow at number two. So, again, this is a guy that was kind of an unknown heading into the year. Wasn't really well-known throughout the college, uh, you know, community or the scouting community. You know, people knew Joe Burrow. They knew he tried to transfer from Ohio State because he couldn't beat out a, just, a JT Barrett or a, a Cardell Jones. And maybe that's more to say about Urban Meyer than anything. But Joe Burrow has taken immense steps this season. He is starting to look like a franchise-caliber quarterback, and I know people have concerns about his arm strength, just as you do with Jake Fromm. So we'll let that that thing play out. But at the end of the day, you know, they sat here and they said Joe Burrow needs to go out there and beat a good Mississippi State team. He did that. He's going to go out there and do the same thing to Auburn this week. He then plays Alabama shortly down the line, and what many believe is kind of like the college football Super Bowl. And hopefully, Tua Tagovailoa is back for that game. Hopefully, Dolphin fans can sit here and watch both quarterbacks duel it out. But just remember, I mean, the Dolphins have a plethora of draft picks, so whether they can get Tua number one or they don't get that number one pick, they can move up and down the draft board as they deem fit and eventually get the quarterback that they do covet. Um, you know, there's lots of options out there. We saw Justin Herbert put the team on his back against Washington, came back. Yes, he didn't make any of those flashy plays. A lot of them were screen passes for touchdowns. But the guy needed to beat Washington, and he went out there and did it. They came from behind. He put the team on his back, and again, I mean, this is a guy with a rocket arm. He has a lot of Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, 
you know, similarities there. So he's a guy that I do think the Dolphins, is, for as much as they're traveling out to Oregon, could think very highly of this guy. Jake Fromm, a lot of people think he's the perfect fit in this offense. And Jordan Love, a guy who you continue to see the Mahomes-like qualities. Obviously needs some more years. A guy reached out to me and he was jokingly saying, Finn Analyst was jokingly saying, you know, uh, what if he transfers to Oklahoma? What if he goes there and, you know, becomes that Heisman candidate like we're seeing with Jalen Hurts, like we saw last year with Kyler Murray? I mean, that would be the ideal situation. Jordan Love might be the best Oklahoma quarterback if he were to transfer there. But he's probably coming out this year. So there's lots of options. Keep an open mind. It's not Tua Tungvalu or Bust, although that is kind of how I see it. I have Tua Tungvalu at one. You got Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow kind of jockeying for that number two spot. Then there's Jordan Love. You know, Jake Fromm, Jake Eason, Jalen Hurts. The list goes on and on. But the Dolphins are going to get a quarterback in this draft. Sit back, relax, enjoy it. We're talking about quarterbacks. We can't sit here and overlook what our favorite quarterback Toe Thumbs, a.k.a. Ryan Tannehill, a.k.a. Tanagod, what he did over the weekend. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with Melvin Gordon. We know he fumbled on the goal line, which that was just some crazy, you know, it was a crazy couple plays there. You did not expect that outcome to happen. But Ryan Tannehill went out there and threw for 312 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. A lot of people, when he got traded to Tennessee, kind of jokingly say, you know, he is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. You continue to see the Spider-Man gifs of them kind of point at each other. But guys, I mean, you have to feel a little bit of, you know, happiness to see Ryan Tannehill go out there and make those plays. I mean, he was a very good quarterback in 2016 before Calais Campbell took his leg out. We always said he needed to have the perfect scenario. He had to have a, an offensive line, you know, a good run game. You know, he had that here, some playmakers on the outside, a good defense, good coaching. Whatever it is, Ryan Tannehill seems to have that at least for one game against the Chargers. But let's be honest, over his career, he has been an Achilles heel for that team. But Ryan Tannehill, bravo, man. Thank you for going out there, beating the Tennessee Titans, and just showing Dolphin fans, you know, that you, a lot of people, a lot of arguments have been started over whether you were a good quarterback, an okay quarterback, a bum. Ryan Tannehill is a pretty damn good quarterback. He's a good starting quarterback, and I do believe that he is the, the quarterback to lead the Tennessee Titans what, to an 8-8 eight and eight season, a 9-7 and seven season made of the playoffs? I joke, but I think they're in a much better situation with Ryan Tannehill than they would be with a Marcus Mariota. So, I mean, keep rooting for him. Good things are going to come for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the same cannot be said for the Miami Dolphins, who now shift their focus to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. And I'm kind of joked on Twitter that there was every time to sit here and root openly for the Miami Dolphins to go out there and just lay the beating down on a team, it would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because let's be honest, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the Dolphins' first-round draft pick. They knew they moved that for disgruntled defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick. It'll be interesting to see how Minka Fitzpatrick performs against his former team, against a team where, you know, his mom openly complained, you know, different situations happened there, that he forced his way out. The Dolphins got a very nice draft pick in return. It does appear to be a top-ten pick. But Mason Rudolph's back. You know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been playing out of this world. That is going to be a game that, you know, people are joking. It's going to be a lot worse than what we just witnessed. I don't think it is. I mean, the New England Patriots have the best defense in the NFL. They're the New England Patriots. They're undefeated. They might run the table, as disgusting as that sounds. You know, they're probably going to go undefeated this year. The Dolphins hopefully are going to go winless and get to a tongue of Iloa. That's kind of a joke, kind of not a joke. But let's be honest. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that, you know, the Dolphins could go out there and beat on Monday Night Football with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, again, this entire offense, 
looked to be light years better than it was. Even the offensive line started to see some some improvement. Evan Boheme, you know, Michael Dieter, you know, there's different pieces there that for the long-term longevity of this team could have, you know, could be a key cog in that that front for the offensive line. You know, there's some defensive playmakers that continue to improve that the Dolphins are just going to continue to build on, and that's kind of what you want to see out of these next few games here in Miami. Uh, you know, the Dolphins are not going to go out there. They're not going to be in the hunt. They're not going to make the playoffs. But you just want to see some development from some of these young players and to see his coaching staff at least prove that, you know, they somewhat have an idea what's going on. Brian Flores has been going all out these last few weeks to win games. You saw what we mentioned in the in the flagship podcast. You know, he went out there and he was just heartbroken after that two-point conversion didn't work. We saw that onside kick get returned for a touchdown. We know they tried that fake field goal where Matt Hawk ran the ball. So the Dolphins tried several different things to get this W. It didn't work out, but eventually it's going to work out. And I think as Dolphin fans, you know, you don't want to be in the record book for 0-16. Personally, if that's what it's going to take to get Tua, I'm okay with it. But I think the Dolphins are going to keep competing, and they're going to shock some people. And, you know, that's kind of what you expect. At this point, the Dolphins have nothing to lose. They're going to go out there. They're going to travel to Pittsburgh Monday night, prime time. Ryan Fitzpatrick could do what Ryan Fitzpatrick does, and it's going to be a very interesting game because, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the Miami Dolphins' first-round pick. Before we wrap up the show, there are two things that we need to touch on. First-round pick, the 13th overall pick in the 2018 draft. I stand corrected. The 2019 draft was Christian Wilkins. And Christian Wilkins, a lot of people, you don't see those flashy numbers in the stat line. A lot of people are saying, you know, uh, could the Dolphins be okay without him? What is he a bust? Let, let's be honest. Christian Wilkins has only played in what six games. He is not a bust. He has plenty. He's doing plenty on that that defensive line that you know the, again doesn't appear in the stat books. And he's the perfect pro. And at least that's kind of what you heard coming out of Clemson. But that was kind of not the case. We saw him German suplex someone after the play a few weeks ago. I believe it was against the Chargers. He got an unnecessary roughness penalty there, and then he throws a punch 31 seconds into the game in a in a division rival. Rivalry, you know, a matchup that the Dolphins, uh, they, they wanted to go out there and they wanted to lay a, lay a beating down on the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, by many accounts, they kind of did. They scored 21 points on the defense, and many people didn't even expect anyone. Yeah, up until this point, you know, no one scored 21 points. So you got to tip your hat to the Miami Dolphins. But Christian Wilkins, I mean, you got to get over those boneheaded plays. He admitted that it was a selfish thing on his part. But you expect that from other guys. You know, maybe he's frustrated because he's coming from Clemson. Uh, you know, he's he's not used to being in this same situation that he's currently in where he's losing, and that's kind of similar to why Minka Fitzpatrick wind his way out of Miami. You just want to see development for Christian Wilkins again. I think he's being he's a fine player this year. I think if you dig a little bit deeper than just looking at it on paper, on the, the sacks or the tackles or whatever it is, he's occupying two defenders at a time. He's opening things up for those guys around him, and we need to realize that. So Christian Wilkins, I'm not ready to call you a bust. I'm excited for the future of you on that defensive line, but you got to clean up some of these boneheaded mistakes, man. And, you know, if you can do that, I think the sky's the limit for you. Twofold, again, we mentioned the Bobby McCain situation. Again, there's a video surfing. I do not think he spit on the fan. I'm not going to sit here and say one way or the other whether that's true or not, but uh, there was no visual evidence in, in, from what I saw. And, you know, tip your hat to Brian Flores because he's trying to keep things under wraps. He's trying to, you know, build the right culture here. So if you're going to go out there and even jokingly threaten to spit on a 13-year-old boy or, or his father, whoever it was, that's not going to – like, you're, you're, that's a bad image for the team. We're not going to stand for that. And that's kind of what you hope to see from your coach. So there's lots and lots of good that came from that Buffalo Bills game. A little bit of bad. But there's plenty to build on because at the end of the day, the Dolphins are not playing to, you know, 
they're they're not doing anything in 2019, guys. They're developing these young players. They're trying to find out which of these low-risk, high-reward signings are going to stick around. At the end of the day, you know, they have the $130 million plus in cap space for 2020. The war trusted draft picks in 2020. They're going to get their quarterback. They're going to shore up the offensive line. They're going to build the pieces in place. You know, maybe they don't have success in 2020. Maybe it's more like the Dolphins of old where we see six or seven wins. But, guys, good things are eventually going to come for the Miami Dolphins. And you should be excited for it. If go out there, start scouting players. You can sit here and you can listen to one person on Twitter say, you know, one week it seems like someone says Jake Fromm is the guy or Jake Fromm is the perfect fitness offense and all of Twitter is sitting there, you know, rallying behind Jake Fromm and then one week later, you know, uh, Joe Burrow now is the, the guy and everyone's just rallying around him and rightfully so with Joe Burrow, but I don't see it with Jake Fromm. You know, I don't really see it with Jake, Jacob Eason. I think there's a lot to be desired from Jordan Love, but just go out there, guys. Make your own evaluations on these players. What's worse that's going to happen? Someone's going to retweet it later in the year, a couple years down the road, and you're going to look like a, a a doofus for a few minutes. You know, who cares? Uh, I've died on the Ryan Tannehill, uh, literally on the hill for four or five years before. I was just fed up. And I, the entire time I thought the Dolphins needed to bring in a quarterback, I'll, I'll die on that hill as well. They, they needed to bring in someone other than Brandon Dowdy, but... Uh, again, what's the worst that's going to happen? I was a Josh Rosen supporter. You know how many people are bringing up the Josh Rosen thing? Zero, because I've admitted that he needs to to sit. He needs to continue to grow. And that's all it is. We're fans. We love this team. We love the game of football. Go out there and just try to evaluate talent. Try to do better. And just be better people overall. Again, I, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. This was a solo edition of the Finsider Daily. I am Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter at Houts. I will continue to pump out content. I'm going to be helping with social media a little bit on the Finsider, so follow at the Finsider. Good things are coming, guys. I mean, it might not seem it right now, but the Dolphins are going to be better off in the end for this this terrible, historically terrible season. And, you know, that's all we can look at. For this episode of the Finsider Daily, right here on the Finsider part of the SB Nation Network, I'm Josh Houts. I'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.